Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm so excited to be speaking with Eric Day. Eric is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of our small business for Dell Technologies, which actually isn't very small. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for joining. Cheryl, it's so great to hear your voice, and I'm so happy to be here. We appreciate you taking the time, and I know our partners are going to really find this engaging and insightful. So maybe share a little bit about your role as SVP of small business, because I do think the unique thing about Dell Technologies is we serve so many sizes of customers, and small business here actually goes pretty far down in the segmentation. Absolutely. Small business to us is any company that has zero to 100 employees. Uh, And that can range from, hey, we have a bodega on the corner of 5th and A in New York City to we own a 50-person engineering firm and we're buying massive data centers. So we have a fantastic array of not only customers that we deal with, but products we're able to sell to them. And I think in a lot of ways, small businesses are the most niche part of our B2B segment because this is a group of people who have bootlegged their way into their dream. They've put their entire life, their entire thought process, money from themselves, family members, whatever it might be into this idea that they believe in. And it's important to have this amazing trusting relationship and have a company or companies as we deal with our partners a lot to really advocate on their behalf. Access to technology is probably the second most important thing to capital to a small business. So that's what we do. We advocate and we sell end-to-end solutions for our small business customers. I have overall responsibility for the Americas, which is about a team of a little over 1,100 people. And then I have global strategic responsibilities and I partner with my rest of world colleague uh, where we have another thousand employees that works across 17 countries advocating on behalf of these small businesses. So leadership and team management is a huge part of what we do. And we also are the entry point into Dell technology. So our sales reps come in usually from university. The sales job is one of their first, and then we develop them into budding future leaders of our company. Ironically enough, Cheryl, I started as a temporary consumer sales rep when I started at Dell 22 years ago and have the privilege of running this now. And then Finally, what we do is we really try to drive having a majority of our employee base new from university. We really focus on an amazing winning culture. We really try to focus on a diverse and inclusive workforce. Being one of a very few out gay executives at Dell, diversity inclusion is very, very near and dear to my heart. And we try to drive that every day. And then we also do our best to give back to the communities, especially doing really cool things about advocating to buy small and ensuring that we're giving back to the community of small businesses that we serve. That's what we do in a nutshell. Well, I tell you, Eric, you're a very inspirational leader for so many in the company, but you've also got just a really enviable and unique opportunity because Michael founded the company. Michael couldn't be a more vocal advocate for small business. And you get to be that touch point of really bringing to life all the possibilities that Dell could offer these customers firsthand. So you're kind of in the sweet spot of the purpose, the vision, the potential, 
and you get to watch these really incubated small businesses. Sometimes they grow up into an Uber <laughs> or right. other large, large customers, right? Right. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's wonderful that you said that. I, I think that's where outside of taking care of our team members, taking care of our partners, being a good IT resource for this, we do ultimately have this responsibility of knowing which customers are that true small business. This is what they do to pay their bills and this is what they do for their family. But then also being able to advocate for those that are, are those startups that all of a sudden they have lightning in a bottle, they get a massive bit of funding. And then all of a sudden they're going from two employees to a hundred and then taking those and getting them to the right place, whether that be in, in other parts of Dell or whether that's within our partner community. I think that's also a cool part of the responsibility that we have is that we incubate and then move on to other parts of our company that have better resources to take care of some of those fast growing companies. And I know your team has been focused on end-to-end solutions and trying to position certainly the breadth of what Dell brings. And we most recently have announced Apex and talking about the shift in consumption models and as a service. Share a little bit about what those trends and how you're thinking about it and how your team is supporting the small business around that life cycle. I think, Cheryl, if I'm being transparent, I think as you come down our B2B stack and you go closer into small business and the consumer, I think this perception of Dell becomes more and more of a PC company. And I think we've been really trying to do a lot through marketing and through what kind of message we want to deliver to the market that we truly are this end-to-end solutions company. Believe it or not, small business within Dell Technologies is the only company that sells every single product we have from a micro consumer PC, all the way up to data center, to cloud, and to these as a service options that you talked about with Apex. We really do sell a wide variety of everything that Dell technology has. And I think we do a much better job advocating on behalf of our company that we truly can be that end-to-end solution provider and fulfill our customers' needs throughout their IT lifecycle. They might come to us just needing a single latitude, and then we grow them up and We do so much collaborations with our channel partners, especially around this idea of hybrid cloud. And so many small businesses are starting in this kind of public cloud type infrastructure when they get started, because that's what they were when they were in college, or that's how they started their small businesses, just one or two people. But then as they grow and they understand business continuity and they understand, oh, wait, there are some of my intellectual property that I'd rather have on-prem. We're at that first level of conversation with them around what would a hybrid cloud look like? What does cloud consumption look like for you? And that's where I think our partner community has been so awesome to partner with on some of those conversations as we deploy some of those more complex solutions. And it's led to massive growth. I mean, we have grown double the size we were just five years ago. And we probably, just because of how big the small business community is, we have the opportunity to grow double again. And given the audience, we couldn't do that with our partner community because they're so fantastic to collaborate with because those small businesses love that personal attention that our partner community allows us to give at that very local level. It's a growth opportunity for our partners too, right? You're talking about the momentum we're seeing in the business as we rebound in this recovery phase. Our partners are growing amazing with us. We're seeing tremendous results as a company, but as a channel too. So to your point, it's well-made. It's just a shared growth opportunity ripe with potential for our partners to focus on. 
So maybe share a little bit more about your business priorities this year. We're going to be moving into the second half. So where are you focused and what are your priorities as you look through the balance of the year? I break it down into three big buckets, Cheryl. So first is the evolution of digital. What COVID, I think, has taught all of us is online and digital commerce is so much bigger. And we need to make sure that our online and e-commerce assets become much, much better for our B2B customers to easily self-serve their needs. And I think there's a lot of work that I'm doing with multiple people in our organization, especially around the IT team and our e-commerce team, to just make that experience so seamless for our customers. The same thing with our partners, right? That Premier or that Dell.com experience for our partners should be better so they can easily service this customer because this part of our business and B2B technology is much more transactional. The sales cycle is so much quicker. Having that e-commerce type engine working so that our customers can self-service so that our partners can self-service is so important. So we do a lot of that work on behalf of our smaller customers and our partners. The other one is we're modernizing our workforce. We're realizing that our sales team needs to be much more robust in how they actually position our value prop to our customers. And how do we really take somebody that has never sold technology before and really be able to talk to this end-to-end idea? So we're really trying to build this world-class sales force. We're trying to figure out how do we do recruitment the right way? How do we do training the right way? How do we do compensation and incentives the right way? So that we're really trying to drive that end-to-end message through our sales folks that we call Dell Technologies Advisors, because I think they do a lot more advising than just sales. And then finally, we have this amazing opportunity, and we work with our partner community a lot with this, is under strategic partnerships. So we do a lot with associations, whether it's the National Association of Realtors, whether it's the American Bar Association, one of our biggest partners is TechSoup that does IT consultation to nonprofits. Nonprofits are clearly mostly small businesses. And we also have this amazing program called the Dell Expert Network that allows to deal with a lot of our MSP partners, a lot of these partners that only do services so that we can provide them the hardware they need so that they can be the primary service partner for these small businesses, and then they can come to us and get the hardware and the technology solutions they need. That has been a huge growth area for us, and we continue to work across that community on ways that they can be better on-site consultants, deployment, if you would, to these smaller engines. And those are three big growth engines. And I would probably wrap all of that up, Cheryl, and given your background in marketing, marketing plays such a huge role when you're dealing with millions of companies, right? The small business TAM is just massive, millions and millions of customers. So you have to work with the marketing team on what is that message that you want to give? How does it relate to the Dell Technologies message? How do we continue to drive that conversation around entrepreneurship and the importance of small businesses to the economy and how does technology play a role there? And so we wrap those three things, Dell.com, our advisor workforce, as well as our partnerships and wrap it into a message that really resonates with our small business customers. Well, you summarized it well, and I think this is one of the unique areas where Dell Technologies serves a segment of the market on a scale that I don't think many others do. And the opportunity that represents to our partners, as you've said, is they can team with 
all of the Dell sellers that you're just highlighting about the training you're driving and the collaboration you're lending for them, which is pretty phenomenal. So one other leadership area you play, I really wanted to talk about this a little bit because I think it's so important to our culture in Dell, but also really important to our partners as we engage with them. And you're a very active advocate and an executive sponsor for one of our ERGs. We have many in the company, but the Pride ERG. So maybe share just a little bit about what that ERG is, your role and the progress that you've seen us make. And then what advice or tips might you have for our partners that would like to really do more themselves, right? How can they engage? How can they advocate or potentially leverage some of the good work we have underway? Uh, Thank you so much, Cheryl, for asking that question. I'll tell just a quick full circle story. When I started in 1999, I had just come out of the closet a year before that. And within about three years of my career, I was tapped on the shoulder to be part of a small little core team because we were looking at these employee resource groups. This was like in 2001 or 2002. And my very first interaction with Michael Dell was as part of the small core team that went up to him and says, hey, you know, this is something we want to do. We want to build an LGBTQ plus employee resource group. This is my story. I told my coming out story to do that to very high level executives in a field back in the late nineties was, I would say definitely evolved from then. It was a great opportunity, but it was scary at the same time. I promised myself I would stay to my true authentic self. Fast forward 20 years later, The Pride ERG is now more than 30 chapters in 20 countries and over 5,000 employees are a part of that. And I've had, just because of my work, I am now at the senior level of the company where I can really influence the way that we look at inclusivity and belonging in the company, which is really what diversity is about. Diversity is easy. We can kind of pick in and we can give you goals and you can go get do this and this. And so I think those of you that are trying to really start something similar at your company within your organization, it really is about building an environment that lets employees come be their true authentic selves at work. When they can do that, they really do give 150%. And because I was able to do that from such an early part of my career, I never had to be anything that I wasn't. And I was able to be introduced to great mentors that worked on my executive skills and things like that. It led me to a temporary sales rep to a senior vice president at this company. That's the power of inclusion. That's the power of belonging. When you're able to give these opportunities for really talented people to own these employee resource groups that allow them to tap into the part of them that makes them really good at what they do, It just adds to productivity. It adds to a competitive advantage. And the great thing is, is because of our partnerships, if it's something that you are trying to do in your company and you're you're looking at resources, that's the great thing about partnerships is that we've been doing this for 20 years. I know Cheryl would be happy to introduce us to be able to tell you many of the things that we're doing. I know I'll just tell you one really fun thing and I'll leave it there. During COVID, We were all working at home, everybody. We sent 120,000 team members at home within 72 hours. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen at the company. And after probably three or four months, and you all can probably attest to this, the Zoom fatigue came in fast. Um, And we as a Pride ERG thought about ways that we could bring joy to our employee base. 
And we started with Friday afternoon dance parties where for an hour we would have DJs from other ERGs come in and play music for an hour. You could go into the Zoom screen, you could go on no video and just listen to great music while you got through email. And then that led to these amazing global lip sync battles where we had team members and family members of team members come and lip sync and dance and be silly. And we had judges and we did Simon Cowell impressions and all this other stuff <laughs> just to really bring joy to that. And that's led to a bunch of different conversations around being able to live beyond labels and being able to partner with companies like Amex and Delta Airlines and Uber. And it just has landed with so many people around what it is like to live in this idea where everyone really feels equal. I think it has led to some really amazing growth opportunities that we've had at Dell Technologies. Well, that's a fantastic story. I'll tell you, lip syncing, I've done air guitar contests. I'm not sure how that would translate over Zoom, but the lip syncing, I think, sounds amazing. And I have to just say, thank you for being you because you lift so many around you up and you're leading by example. So we just appreciate you and all that you do. And I know our partners are going to take away a few great nuggets. You're talking about the last 18 months that we've all <laughs> endured and lived through in this crazy world we're in right now. I have said before, and I described it like the great equalizer, because overnight, all of us all over the world were in the exact same circumstances locked at home, remote, and in so many ways, while we're apart, we actually have never felt more connected, right? We're finding that human way and that human connection. When you think about what you've learned and the experiences and the innovations and the testing and exploring we've all had to do as leaders over the last year, what do you kind of reflect on? What do you take away as I know I've shared, there's so many positives. I'm an optimist by nature. So there's silver linings around some of this stuff that we've all learned that we're going to take with us. But as you reflect, what has it impacted in maybe your leadership style or the way you connect with your team? I'm so similar to you, Cheryl. I also am an eternal optimist uh, and I'm a positive person by nature. 2020 rocked me in a lot of different ways, whether it was some of the racial injustice conversations that came up, the crazy political dynamic that we lived through across the world. I even look at what's happening in South Africa right now. My boss is South African, so that's been on my mind a lot lately. But on top of all of that, what I realized in this great equalizer is that there were things like attrition levels that I had never dealt with before. Poaching of talent, People really stayed at Dell because they love this culture. But when everybody's at home and everybody's equalized, the culture also gets equalized. You do the best mm -hmm. you can over Zoom, but everybody's doing the best that we can do over Zoom. And so it really made me take listening to a completely different level, like really listening to our employees about what these events over last summer really meant to them. That led to me having a Juneteenth all hands last year. And I had, again, this year, which has been really great. Listening to people talk about the way we compensate, the way that we promote, the way that we get people from the entry-level sales rep all the way into different roles and how do we make that more equal and more competitive in the industry. And that's just the truth. 
it was a really big test for me as a leader. And it really allowed me to grow. And it just reminded me how important feedback is, no matter what level that employee is in your organization. It's so important that as senior leaders, we listen to them because you just sometimes don't know what you're missing. And I don't think there's anything more important in the corporate atmosphere than the employee experience. That's what I learned the most. And that's what I'm trying to apply and be better at every single day. Well, I tell you, you are an inspiring leader. And I tell others, we're so fortunate that we work for a company that has a founder's CEO, and we get a lot of tone from the top. Michael leads by example personally and really helps foster the environment that we try and just make sure that we can extend. And it's a lot of what we're doing here, right? We're trying to just extend it externally that our partners can leverage and benefit. As we wrap up, I always give you a curveball and we take a left turn and we just have a little bit of fun. I'm just going to ask you to share a fun fact about Eric. I do like to brag on others, so I will not make this about me. I'm a huge sports nut. I know that from a stereotypical pride perspective, people don't probably look at me and be like, oh yeah, he loves sports, but I love sports, any sport, name it. I'll be a part of it. Eh, Maybe race cars are not my big thing, but major (laughs) sports I love. And it's been something in my family forever. And my nephew is a professional hockey player. So he went to college across a lot of D1 schools. That was a really hard experience for him. And then he ended up being an all-American hockey player at Endicott College, which is out in the Northeast in Massachusetts. And then he got picked up by the Edmonton Oilers and played a two-way contract between the Edmonton Oilers and Bakersfield Condors. And now he's with the Flyers and their farm team out in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So something like to brag about because we're just such big sports fans. And my niece could have been, I think, a USA softball player. Uh, She was also named All-American in softball last year. So I'm pretty proud of the next generation of my family and what they're doing to the sports world. So I would say that would be something that people don't know. Well, how cool is that? I have to say, I'm a Dallas girl. So the Dallas Stars didn't exactly make it to the uh, Stanley Cup, but Tampa Lightning did. I grew up in Florida. So maybe that's, I've exhausted my hockey knowledge, but yeah. (laughs) Carol, believe it or not, that's where Logan grew up. So he learned how to play hockey outside of Tampa. Uh, Oh, that's awesome. I'm a Dallas boy too. I went to SMU twice. I went to undergrad in SMU and I just got my MBA back in 2018. So I'm, I consider myself a bit of a Dallas boy as well. Oh, how fantastic. And my youngest son's name is Logan. So there you go. Ah, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Eric, you have been a delight. And I know our partners are going to find this engaging. And thank you for all your leadership and all that you do and your friendship and your teamwork and certainly all your advocacy and activity in the ERG. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much, Cheryl. It was so nice to be here. Well, Eric, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. We certainly have enjoyed the discussion, and I hope all of our partners are enjoying the podcast. So please go ahead and subscribe, rate, review, give us your feedback, and please tune in in the next couple of weeks for our next episode of The Partner Connection. Until then, everybody stay safe and be well. Thank you. Thank you.